411 Live. Well, you can learn about issues that affect us every day. Stay the world. 411 Live. Real people, real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way. For your girl. What happens when a sex trafficking victim is a boy? What happens to him? How does he process it? Hello, I'm Beverly Taylor, and this is the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. We are dedicated to expanding the conversation and the awareness of human trafficking, specifically sex trafficking. Mm. Now, I have three incredible guests, and this is part two because we had to bring them back because we had so much to talk about our topic. And when I tell you the topic, then you will realize why we had so much to talk about. How do men and boys handle sexual abuse and heal? Let me introduce you to them. Sean Muhammad, co-executive director of ASHA. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Sam Alford. I think I called you something different before. He's a community organizer, the writer, and the poet. And we have Cleo Borum, and he is the licensed professional counselor. We want to get into this conversation and talk about it from all sides. And we hit a lot of points in our last podcast. And if you did not see that, I hope that you will go back and look at that. If you have comments or suggestions or ideas, send them our way because we are interested to know how you feel, what what you're thinking. But I want us to continue this. We talked about so much and for the people who have not seen the first uh, segment of this, I will be repeating a few things, Mm -hmm. but we'll get into it because I was talking about with women. Women are more open, communal, you know, we have a problem, we find someone, another woman, and we can talk about it and we can share. But for men, you guys don't operate in that same way. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of secrecy when something dramatic, traumatic, like sexual abuse or being trafficked, when that happens, it's held in. And my thought is, it seeps out. Yeah. It's held in. It's secret. Overflow. But it seeps out. Overflow. Mm-hmm. As you're growing up. Mm-hmm. Because you think, okay, that happened to me back then. I'm over it. It happened. Done. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's some things that you do, some choices that you make. Right. That are reflective of that. Yep. That's, uh, that's exactly what I was going to ask. The question I was going to ask. Because mm-hmm. uh, when you're... you're Present relationships could be affected by it. Mm-hmm. Re- I mean, previous relationships are affected by situations that happen as a young kid. Right. You may not want to open up to anybody else because you you were you were stolen. Mm. You were robbed of your your party. You, yeah. You know, you were robbed. Yeah. So then, what do you do when you get robbed? You close everything up. I don't want to. Right. I don't want to talk to anybody. You either go yeah. take or you just close yeah. up. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's it's hard for that person to even build a relationship in the, when they've been sexually harassed. I mean, female, male. Uh, a lot of times right. when you uh, when I've talked to uh, females that say they're you know they want to be gay, they're gay, 
And they say situations happened previously, like a male may have molested them. Right. You know, or some some situation. I mean, that's just example. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, some situation made them this way. Right. You know, which they don't like. They don't like males no more anymore. Right. You know, right. for guys, okay, you you know, it's cool. You still gonna up for, uphold that male, yeah, yeah, uh, persona. But you know, it's like, okay, <laughs> well, do I really give this girl all, all of, me? of me? Right. Yeah. yeah. My heart. All right. Yeah. Give you wow. my body. I give you yeah. half of me. Right. Yeah. Not that. Do I give you everything? No. Right. I, I might right. go back to right. Right. You know, because I don't want this to wow. ever happen again. Yeah. Got to be safe. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things we uh, uh, did at. Uh, the Asha Project, mm-hmm. we had a HIV outreach program mm. and we also had a disease intervention program. And um, one of the things that, you know, me as a manager or a director, I always wanted to do direct services in whatever program I managed. So I would know from the top to bottom how you're supposed to do this, make right. sure they do it correctly. You know, and uh, while working in HIV outreach and in particular disease intervention, um, which is primarily uh, locating and referring individuals who are suspected of having uh, sexually transmitted diseases, mm-hmm. right? So ASHA, the ASHA project is unique because we offer culturally specific services. Mm-hmm. So everything is geared for mm-hmm. us, you know, or for, you know, people who are just listening and not viewing for black folks, right. African-Americans. Right. So, right. so when I would uh, have my uh, victims come in or individuals who had contract- contracted diseases from their partners, I would get a lot of brothers and sisters who were from the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. But many of them would disclose to me as Brother Khalil said, that they were molested first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that that's not something that um, is really talked about in the white community, you know, yeah. in the, in the, in in their community, you know, it's just widely accepted that you're either born that way or whatever. Um, right, right. But in our yeah. community, one thing that's not really spoken of yeah. in the mainstream yeah. is that, Many of our brothers and sisters that are in the LGBT community mm-hmm. first were molested. Yeah. And this was disclosed to me over and over and over again, you know. Mm-hmm. So when I would get a, a victim who contracted HIV, mm-hmm. you know, you know, that's a devastating <laughs> a whole lifestyle. Oh my God! You know, it's it's, it's devastating to yeah. receive some information like that. Regardless. So for me to tell them, look, I have to bring you in, and tell them that they've contract that that they're now HIV positive. Wow. They would often, you know, not only take the medical advice that I'm gonna give them, mm-hmm. but they would disclose their entire life to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's such a devastating yeah. piece of information that I'm giving them. Right. And, every, and it's going to change their lives forever, you know. Mm-hmm. And many times, our brothers and sisters would disclose to me that, you know what, I actually live this lifestyle. Because, you know, they would blame it on their lifestyle. I wouldn't, you know. But they would say, man, this lifestyle that I'm living right. allowed me to contract this. Many times it was because of uh, substance abuse. Mm. You know, and sometimes it was because of 
uh, promiscuity. Right, you know? right, right. And they would disclose to me over and over again that I actually was introduced to this lifestyle because I was molested wow. as a young person. Yeah. You know? And that goes to what we spoke to in the last episode about being confused, mm-hmm. you know, not yeah. meaning to suggest that anybody else is confused. Right. Who live that lifestyle. And I, and I guess it's a way for them to practice that lifestyle safely. Absolutely. But I think when people use promiscuity, heterosexually or homosexually, to run away from themselves, right. to run away from pain or emotional right. depression or whatever. But just scaling back, if I can, real quick, um, let's talk about these molesters in the families, these uncles or aunties or right. big cousins, like especially in the people of color communities, white, I mean, black and Latino, because I knew mm-hmm. a Latino brother who told True. me that if it never happened to him. True. And, uh, you know, that he wouldn't be because, you know, there's a whole machismo and homophobic thing. And, uh, right. So we're not co-signing or endorsing that. But I'm going to make this point. None of us are co-signing predatory molestation, but kids can't consent regardless, theoretically, if you want to say they're heterosexually mm-hmm. or homosexual. Right. Let kids be kids. Let them play. Let them do what they got to do. Yes, and that'll come. Hormones going to flow through their brain. The developmental years is one to eight, but then when puberty hits, they're going to get a shock of their hormones around that time in them teens where they can figure out what they want to do, what they want to do. But how how do we let these predators in our, let's just say, black community, like we got this whole toxic culture. I'm going to say toxic of this our business. Don't you tell nobody my business. Right. This right. my business. This my business. But the minute that the generational curse, let's say this, uh, two parents have a child. They pass in Y and X chromosomes. They have they have their own traits going into this child. But when they decided to do this pleasurable act, it probably was for selfish reasons. That was your business. <laughs> but when you produce a child and pass along these traits, and then maybe generational curses, and then let certain stuff go in the house, in the house maybe you didn't co-sign it happen in your house. And then all your business that you create this environment, spill out to the community, then it's our business. And if a child getting hurt, or anybody out there being hurt, it's not your business no more. That's foolishness. Right. You catch this in a white community that white kids hate their parents. For the least slightest thing I've seen, the cultural nuances, where they'll cuss out, yell. We in our community don't allow us to say nothing about our mama or our daddy, stay at a child's place. I'm early 30s. I'm not in the child's place right now. I'm at the table. I could talk with somebody 70 to whatever. And I'm going to wrap it up in a sec, but I'm just saying it's toxic. That's our business. Yeah. That's our your business could burn it. Set. What happens in this house stays right. in this house. This, yep. And this other thing, men <laughs> heal quickly. Or boys heal quickly. Like you scrape your knee, don't cry. You don't do this. You stacking up these emotions and it's toxicity. You know what I mean? Right. You stacking it up and you're making a monster. And I'm not excusing anybody who commit murder or domestic violence. Like I hate it. Like I really have a strong disdain and hate for abuse. But this whole your business spill out to the community. Now it's our business. Somebody burn their baby mama on fire. Now it's our business. Right. They shoot their baby mama in the garage and, leave, and the kids. Yes, now that's our business. Mm-hmm. The brother did the Miller Coors thing the other day. I don't know the context of what pushed him to that point. Or all this stuff of this tension and trauma in general is stacked up. And you still talking about your business in 2020 and our community falling apart and there's 70% oh, no, single. You, you crazy. 
No, you I know what I mean? This ain't, it's everybody business. This has yeah. been our business. And I'll say this last piece about men who deal with trauma and run from issues. We insecure too. We scared too. And we out of control sometimes. Why do I say that? I'm speaking in proxy, but I'm not saying everybody. The dudes who are usually abusing somebody don't feel they have no control or no power. Since they don't love themselves, they don't love you. Since they don't respect themselves, they don't respect you. So he insecure and he afraid and he feel like he ain't got no control. And out of all the things I control that's closest to me in this white man's world is this woman next to me who happened to be beautiful, who happened to be fine, who happened to be, say I didn't love her, but she was a trophy piece. She boosted my ego. So if you're the only thing he could control, he gonna go through heaven and hell. This abuse turn abuser to abuse and not lose you because he codependent and insecure. And a lot of guys who go through trauma and get hurt become narcissists because it's the last piece. We promote toxicity and narcissism in the black community through hip hop and we respect and co-sign it through music and movies. And they'll wonder why these guys are like, oh, these young boys to young men, this is what I got to do. You know, brother, I agree with everything that you said right there, but I wouldn't say that we promote now we yeah, that yeah, toxicity. Yeah. I would say that, uh, you know, Big business, mm, you're right. Promotes about hip hop, especially. Yes, yeah, sir. There's a lot of other you know, good music out there. The major labels in the movies, yeah, are the in the are, are the institutions, yeah, that can actually promote that, yeah, and send that throughout the world. Yeah, you know? like we don't have the the power to send, you know, yeah. Snoop Dogg to, uh, you know, Thailand. Or somewhere right, right, <laughs> have our right. have his music over there. So we don't own the medium and the platform. Absolutely. But, you uh, know. Yeah. So that type of message and and messaging and programming, you know, like we can't necessarily it's certain things like let's since I brought up Snoop Dogg, yeah, you know, Snoop Dogg just recently uh referred to Gail King out of her name. Oh yeah, right? for uh, the Kobe. He got a yeah. lot of backlash about that. Yeah. Right. But when he generally did that in the music, mm -hmm. where he was talking about, you know, black right. women, yeah. nobody yeah, said anything. That music was all over the place. <laughs> right, right. Right. And it was all over the place to the point where it was almost programmed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in our community, it's uh He's been married it's for not, years. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not unusual for young men to grow up with a misogynistic point of Absolutely. view. Absolutely. Because uh, the music contributes to that. Yeah, and the culture. You know? But people outside of our community control that music. Right. Even though the artist and the face that you're looking at looks like us. Right, But right. the person who's sending that music all over the world yeah. does not look like us. You right. Know? So that, that's the only thing that I would Can I say one last with. thing? Uh-huh. Um, I agree in terms, of, in terms of where our power and what we control. Because I wrestle... Um, Men, like we control the cool and whatever the status quo. Black people generally do that in pop culture. So it's back time where it's like men checking men and how you brothers help men and yes, sir. and also checking them. Because some people just need to be stood on and checked, but just making it plain and clear. Yes, There's a lot of brothers who know what they're doing and everybody ain't had an issue. Some people just bad people, if I can be honest. I think some people just do what they want to do. Men checking men, but also on the other end, in terms of endorsing healthy masculinity, women in terms not praising a toxic male figure too. Because mm -hmm. a lot of the young guys, especially in high school, the bad boys is cool. The young 20s bad boys is cool. 
the narcissist. He cool until he go upside your head or he take your money and take your car. And I'm not saying blaming no victims or blaming no women. But men got to check men culturally. It's 2020. Frederick Douglass and them didn't go through all that mess they went through for us to be here talking about dope and trapping and all that. And the women like, okay, get that good guy a chance or tell your nephew and your son like, yo, that's what's up. The good boy reinforce positive behavior. Absolutely. So we start to shift because what can we salvage out of our men? They not, you know, we got to throw them away. And I'm going to say this last piece is that men generally, in terms of who have issues, like women have issues, talk Mm -hmm. it out. They may stay with somebody. They try to feel another kind of pain or feel another kind of pleasure. But guys commit suicide or commit acts of violence. Because after a while, if I don't feel no control and I feel I'm afraid and secure, I got to do something. And statistically, men commit suicide or commit acts of violence or self-medicate to try to fix it. So and they have control of that. Right. Yeah. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about disclosure. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The 411 Live, your link to information. And now here's your food for thought. Why is he talking to you like that? Private. As parents, we all want to give our kids space. But how often do we consider their phone conversations or their social media accounts? As much as it may annoy them, occasionally monitoring their profiles isn't a bad idea. The world of sex trafficking is a lot more alluring than you may think. Anyone can be vulnerable to the tricks used to exploit millions of girls and boys each year. It's a horrifying experience, and it isn't easy to talk about. Well, I always keep my eyes open. It's never too early to educate your kids on the issue of sex trafficking. For more information, visit the411live.org. What do you think of when you hear intercourse for money? What do you think of when you hear expectation of your body? What pops in your mind when you hear young boys and girls being sold for sex? Do you think of sex trafficking? You should. What movie do you see when you think of someone being kidnapped to become a product? Oh, come on now. We all know what we think of. It's that film of that father who had to go all the way overseas to rescue his daughter. But wait, that's not just happening overseas. Try here, the United States of America. Try here, the state of Wisconsin. Try here, the city of Milwaukee. Unknown to many, the Harvard School of Pimps in their holy training ground. Young girls and boys are being solicited at an average age of 13 years old. Didn't know that, did you? Research and learn the signs of sex trafficking because you just might not know when your child's newest lover is their soon-to-be pimp. For more information, visit the411live.org. Welcome back. We are continuing our discussion on how do men and boys handle sexual abuse and heal. And Sean, you were about to say something about disclosure. Uh, yes, ma'am. You know, I was uh, speaking with, with, with the doc over here, you know, off air, and we were talking about how, you know, he was like, well, you know, I don't know what it is about me that makes people feel like they can disclose with me. Right. And I and I was telling him that it was his aura, you mm. know. Right. Like what our our people are really generally distrustful of systems. Right. So, you know, you may not find a black domestic violence victim that calls the police all the time cuz she may want the violence to stop but she doesn't want her man arrested, you right. know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she she may want the violence to stop, but she doesn't want her child taken by Child Protective Services, right? Mm. And it has to be a certain type of aura mm. that you have. Yeah. You know, our people have to feel you to right. feel comfortable enough right. to disclose to you. It can't just be your title. 
Yeah. It can't just be mm-hmm. the education that you receive. Mm-hmm. You know, you as a journalist, every journalist is not going to get information. But because we can feel you, you can facilitate this conversation ahead, and open Gap. us up. We're comfortable enough. Now we can speak about it, you know. And and the doc here, he has the type of aura where, oh, man, I can disclose to him and I can let this burden off of me. Right. Just because of the way he makes me feel, you yeah. know, just the spirit that he has. And that's a gift. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, a gift. gift. I think in counseling, I mean, that was one of the things we were talking about uh, uh, before I even got my degree. Um I was in the Air Force, and my troops used to come and just talk to me about situations. Absolutely. And uh, that's when I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to start, you know, educating myself a little bit before I tell this right. person something. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Um, so, and then the thing is, so we have a we have a clinic uh, here, Mind Star Counseling, uh, 79th and Burleigh. Um, and I counsel people all the time and you have to build rapport with people and my rapport has been granted i I counsel males females old young uh everybody Mm -hmm. um for my males my young males they 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 attach to me a little bit you know they look for that person to say okay this is my uncle right facts you know i know him you know yeah and uh and i and i feed into that and i'm like okay well you feel like i'm that i'm that personable with you then Let's talk. What's yep. going on with you? Absolutely. I'm that regular person. I'm not yeah. going to give you all these high educated terms and make you feel real shallow and co- and cold. I'm going to give you the stuff like, hey, what, what you're doing is wrong. What's going on with you? Right. You right. know, right. and they right. feel that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. and I think that's that aura yes, that sir. I have that I was blessed with. And, yeah. and I don't really, I don't think you can get that. No, through that's it. And I think there's a hunger for that kind of thing, that yeah. kind of relationship. That warmth, yes. Yep. It is. You yeah, know, it's, it's coming from another man. It is. It's a different energy that, mm-hmm. especially a male child, a black male child, mm-hmm. it's a different energy that he receives from a black man. Yep. Yes, sir. You know, it's yep. just a different energy. And, you know, like my entire school career, you know, I had one black male teacher, you know. Mm-hmm. I still remember him to this day, you know, uh, Mr. Mitchell, <laughs> Mr. Milton Mitchell. He may not remember me, yeah, you know, yeah. but to me, I identify with yeah. him. You know, mm-hmm. he was a professional. He seemed like a righteous person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, I, you know, he was authoritative. He was articulate, you mm-hmm. know, and I would take correction from him. I wanted mm-hmm. to impress him yeah. and I would disclose yep. things to yeah. him, mm-hmm. you know. So, so it's easy for me to see why, you know, your young clients identify with you like that. And we need more of those exactly. kind of relationships. Because that right. man to man, because I was talking about the women, you know, right. we're talking about that man to man bond right. to be able to feel comfortable and trust right. and disclose things and somebody to walk alongside you right. who cares about you, Absolutely. wants you to heal. That's crucial. Yes. We need more of yeah. that. Yeah, right. Because you look at the young man and the undeveloped mind. Teach. Um, they're, they're young. They're 12, 13. They're searching for somebody to guide them the right way. Mm-hmm. They never have that guidance. Or they look at the drug dealer. Or they look at the, you know, they what they see on the streets now is they run red lights. Right. You know, steal cars. I go to DT and see kids and they, 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 they praise that. Yeah. I'm a yeah. number one tipper. 
I said, what is a tipper? I, you got to get the car on two wheels. I said, you're trying to kill yourself. Who told you that was that was the, the thing to do? You know? But they praised that. Yeah. They like, oh, somebody somebody told me this was it. Right, right. I had a, uh, it was a kid, and uh, he was a scholar at King. Somebody showed him how to steal cars. So then he became uh, uh, one of the top, you know, car thieves in the city until he mm. got caught. Wow. You know, and I mean, praise that he made it, you know, without dying. Yeah. But it's, it's That's unfortunate. Yeah. I I'm going to bring you guys back okay. on another scenario. As you know, I'm a former Fox 6 reporter. Anchor, right. Mm -hmm. And I've covered a lot of court cases. The only reason we watch Fox 6. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, um, I've covered a lot of court cases, and some really stick to me. Um, but I remember covering this one court case where this there was this young boy. It was this woman was on trial, former teacher. She was on trial for sexually assaulting a student. And he was about 16, 15, 16, somewhere in there, and had that little relationship. She was, you know, pulling to the side, and they were having their little... Rendezvous. Right. But one of her tactics was she became friends with his mother. Wow. So she was coming over to their house. Right. The mother trusted her, you know? And right. it, so if she said, well, here, I'll, I'll take him, whatever, the mother's good with that right. because she right. trusted her. Right. Mm. Then the mother started noticing her son changing. Right. Something wasn't right. Mm. right. And I can't remember if she saw some text messages on his phone. But she figured it out. Right. And, of course, she went ballistic. She was having a fit. But, um, and so the, the woman was on trial for this. Right. But the criminal complaint and then the, the mother's testimony talked about how it affected this boy. So there's this thinking, okay, this older woman and, and this guy right. and hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Right. This kid was messed up. Right. right. I mean, he isolated himself. He, I mean, he was close to being suicidal because him, oh, but she, she loves me. Right. You know, he's going way over here. For this woman, it was, you know, it, yeah. I, I care about you, but, you know, this, right. this was right. good for her. Right. Although she told the court, you know, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 blah. But this kid, I, you know, and I was just thinking, I, where does he go from here? Right. How old was she? She, gosh, I think she was like late twenties. Okay. Well, I, I would say just coming all shapes and sizes. Right. I I would say that the young man, just guessing, I would think that he didn't think that he was assaulted. No. He thought that he was just in a, a in an inappropriate relationship, mm -hmm. and you know she probably even thought that ah you know she had the wherewithal to understand that this is unethical, but she probably didn't even think that she was assaulted. She, well, she probably, I'm sure, I'm sure she knew better. Yeah. But in his young mind, he didn't think that yeah. there was anything wrong with this. I think she was married. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Immoral and unethical. Yeah. If, well, if, you put, so, which, if you were her, right, hypothetically, this is crazy, do you think you would talk to a kid with a little, with a lot of agency or who's going to tell somebody with the, you know, with the biggest, you know what I mean? Like you probably wouldn't talk to the most confident kid 
in the room because there's yeah. a call that you he may tell on you, you know what I mean, or speak up, but somebody you can kind of control emotionally. I think boys in general we need we need to males working on identifying emotions. It might seem super simple and like obvious to women to say that, you know what I mean. I feel this way, I feel that way, but we ain't allowed to feel. We either looked at it as a blunt object, a fist, you know what I mean, or a point of pleasure, you know, a penis, you know what I mean. But it's like, you know, I feel a little sentimental, or I feel sad, or I'm hopeful, or I got regrets, or I bet you you could put like. You know, 30 dudes in the room and you be like, give me six emotions off top. You know what I mean? They might give you three. Mm. So car salesmen, they don't so much sell you cars. They let you talk yourself into the car they want to sell you. Talk yourself into that. And I think this older woman who preyed on this boy let him talk himself into that. And then even the brain, right? The brain isn't fully, the frontal lobe isn't finished developing until you're 25. Yeah. Yeah. And that you can build addictions to sugar, to soda, to food, and to a person. You know what I mean? So there's a biological part of him connecting to her, spiritual, a soul tie. But she manipulated it. Because on the reverse, if it was a 16-year-old girl and a 29-year-old man, it'd be like, uh, Or even a 21-year-old man and a 16-year-old girl. So it's paralleled a little bit to this. Sometimes white Americans who are white nationalists like Trump, they're like, you're an American too. My relationship with America is not the same relationship with you. So, and they think we're in a consenting, like we weren't even immigrants. We was brought here, you know what I mean, by force. It's parallel to how one person can sit in one seat, we in a relationship or yeah. propagate that. How the other the, uh, victim could be like, I'm not really. Because when you when he grow up, however he old he is now, or if he grows up and like, he's going to reflect and be like, that was unfair. That's abuse. And how you test people with this, that woman who did that, I'm like, all right, well, let me date your daughter. Yeah. The 16. You know what I mean? Right. Because people prescribe, they live lives that they wouldn't prescribe mm -hmm. to their own children. That's to test how God gets you. You visit your sins on the generation. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's just people are so selfish, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Let's talk about healing. Because you have all this, you're talking to what batterers intervention is what yes, you're doing. So they, you know, some of your folks have hit on right. their, their partners. Yes, ma'am. Um, and then they come for intervention in that. And right. then they disclose right. on all these, these hidden things that are in right. their lives right. that have affected them. Absolutely. Um, so how, how do we get to the healing process i know you had the music and, and different things that i've actually went through. to therapy you did go to and therapy. got a few mentors yeah yep. and i know you go out now and talk so you know what happened to you with somebody the evil now you're doing it and you are telling your story and you're helping people yeah i'm not finished and i still have moments you know what i mean but i won't dare sit here and be like oh man i'm so just everything's good i'm better you know what I mean? But I'm not, I'm close to being whole, mm -hmm. I feel like. Mm -hmm. But I'm right there on the cuffs. But I actually um, would defer this to uh, a good doctor. <laughs> 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 I got some well, stuff to say, but he should speak on this. <laughs> no, I think uh, I, I only, I think a, a good means, I'm not going to say the only means, um, is to seek search counseling. That's a great yeah. way to, because I mean, you have a, a individual 
And like we were saying, uh, it takes somebody that you feel comfortable enough to reveal that. Right. Um, if you can open up and get that off your chest, that it'll open up a whole different world mm. to you. Right. It's, it's like spilling the beans. Yes, sir. You know, if you can get that, it's something in there. Yeah, in mm-hmm. your body, yeah, and, and it's happened to you. You know, it may not be right, but I can't tell anybody. And if you're able to at least start by telling one person that has confidentiality, this is between me, you, and I. I'm not going to tell anybody else. Right. Um, right. This is our secret. Yeah. Yeah. You you letting it out, right. and when you you're able to start letting that out, and then maybe you'll at that point you'll feel a different way where you'll be able to maybe tell somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Or you know even even contact the the per- perpetrator and figure out where that perpetrator is. Like you found the perpetrator and know where he is and everything else. Yeah, yeah. on accident, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to the point where you. I mean, this person may may need to be addressed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's you know? that's very Facts. real. That's very you know, real. Because I mean, the perpetrators for the most part, what we were saying is. They're family members. Yes, sir. You know, they're close friends. They're right. somebody close to the family. Like that that teacher that was made friends with that with that parent. Yeah. You know, yeah. that that lady needed to be the, needed to be addressed. Right. Justice. She needed to be yeah. put to jail. Right. <laughs> put to jail. right. 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 Justice you know, needs to be served. Right. You know, I think it does. It starts with with disclosure, first of all, you know, because mm-hmm. uh many the men many of the men that have disclosed to me over the years. Have, have prefaced it with, I never told anybody this before. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So they've been carrying that yep. weight, like Sam said, you know, mm-hmm. their entire lifetime. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. some of them may have told their partners, you know, but for the for the most part, the majority of the men, brother Sean, I never told anybody this before, you know, and um, you know, one of the things that we have in our our Ujima curriculum. The Ujima is that's just the name of our batter's intervention program. But um, one of the things that we have in our curriculum is the eight steps of atonement. Um, so in the eight steps of atonement, initially, what you do is point out the wrong. So you want to do this ideally with a person that's wronged you or your perpetrator, your abuser. So if you do, I, that's why I agree with you saying that it's a good idea to confront them. If you can, you know, but you point out they're wrong. Hopefully they confess their faults, um, acknowledge what they did, repent um, and atone for what they did. You know, atonement is actually doing something. Define atonement. Well, atonement is basically, you know, when you look at the word atonement, you actually have at one and then you had a suffix meant, meaning an action of doing something. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to return the oneness with one another, mm-hmm. something has to be done. Mm-hmm. So if I just bump into the doc, you know, me saying excuse me should be sufficient. But if I spill some grape juice on his expensive looking sweater over there, <laughs> you know, I have to say, hey, right. not only am I sorry, brother, but allow me to get that clean for you. And then if the grape juice doesn't come out with the cleaners, I'll get you another sweater. You see what I'm saying? So atonement has to match the offense. Right, right, right. right. And then you go through those steps, you can get to forgiveness. Right. Right. So so I think that I agree with you. I'm 100 percent in agreement with you. And I think the 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 effect of having this incident happen to a lot of people. And if you are able to go and uh, communicate this 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 incident and you may not get a justice out of it. 
Right. But the justice is going to be for you to vent it. True. Yeah, for the victim to get it off their chest. Exactly. Right. right. It's not necessarily, I mean, that lady, she went to jail. Okay. But that next person, this person that's calling in or something like that, right. that person is still alive. He's still hanging around the house. He may be around there. So you have that that vent off your chest. You know what? You did something to me. I didn't like it. It was wrong. You know it was wrong. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, let's go. I, and I and I throw it in the garbage. That's <laughs> that good. Point. Hey, fellas, we're out of time. Wow. That went fast, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Is your um, the Yasha program Project. that you're, yeah. yeah, is that open to the public? Absolutely, yes. How would somebody be able to? Well, they can reach us at uh, 414-252-0075. They can go to our website, the uh, Asha Pro or Uh Or you can just stop in 3719 West Center Street and you could ask for Brother Sean. And uh, if you're a sister, I could direct, direct you to one of my wonderful advocates and, and we can see what we can do for you. Okay, and how about you? You mentioned Mindset, is that what? No, we're Mindstar Counseling. Mindstar, okay. Mindstar Counseling. Uh, we're 79, uh, 7900 West Burleigh. Uh, and if you want to reach us, you can just call in and uh, we'll set you up with an individual counselor. Uh, phone number is 414-435-1115. And uh, you call us and we'll help you out as much as we can. And Sam, I think you have a, an engagement coming up, event or something? Um. No, I spoke at my church last oh, week, you? actually okay. on a panel about domestic violence, um, in light of all the things that have been happening. So but, we can just find you in the community. Don't yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, email-wise, somebody would contact me. I'd say samlives9 at gmail.com, and that'd be the number. So samlives9 at gmail.com. We're getting a website made, and I had a photo shoot. Um, in terms of being a poet and speaker and author, so all that is in process. On Facebook, Sam Samuel Alfred, the Fog. Find me if they want to contact me. Excellent, right, gentlemen? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have really enjoyed it, and I hope you've enjoyed it too. Uh, that time just went like like that because these guys are great. I just want to remind you, the 411 Live is a nonprofit organization. So if you are so inclined, go to our website, the411live.org, and donate because we will use it and uh, in a very, very good way. We want to continue these conversations. We want to continue these video podcasts. We want to continue the discussion. That is our mission. And we are so grateful that you are so willing to join us. Be sure and look at our previous podcasts. You can find them on different platforms, all the platforms that you go to for podcasts. Of course, you can subscribe on YouTube and go to our website, of course. This has been another edition of the 411 Live. Real people, real talk. I'm Beverly Taylor.